Hello, folks. Welcome back to another great episode of the Growing Lean Podcast. This is your host, Ethan Halfwide. Another amazing episode sponsored by Lean Discovery Group, an award-winning software development firm. I am so happy to be here with Eric Miller, who is the owner of Eric Miller Consults, which owns New Mindset Academy uh, and Owner's Ally. Please tell the, the audience more about what you do. Well, I got in business 12 years ago. I was working in the financial services industry and uh, a lot of disruptions that were happening back then. And I decided, you know what, it's time to launch my own thing. I, I really love the strategic business planning aspect. And it kind of um, was getting more on track to where I really wanted to be, which is today was, is helping mid-level managers and, and organizations with cultural uh, things that they have going on within their organizations. Awesome. Awesome. And then, so you were in financial services and that was your segue into coaching. What made you want to do coaching? Did you just always have kind of that personality? Well, I did the consulting. So I was with the bank organization I was with for eight years and mm -hmm. we had a lot of opportunity there to, to help organizations figure out where to trim costs and where to grow other, other areas of their business. But I would see a consistent issue with these leaders, these either CEOs or entrepreneurs or mid-level managers that I was working with. And that was the the mindset shifts. So whether it be an emerging leader getting into a CEO role, or whether it be a professional getting into a mid-level role, I was seeing a lot of the similar things happening that they took some preconceived ideas about how to view the world and brought that into their business role. And it was really wreaking havoc on their advancement and actually in uh, serving. Mm, okay. You know, it's funny. I think personal growth as a leader is professional growth, right? Like that's what it boils down to. Would you agree? Yeah, they go hand in hand for sure. It's, it's they're, they're usually, you know, human psychology is that we run from pain towards pleasure. So unless there's enough pain uh, in a behavior, uh, as far as you're getting the, the ramifications of that, then people don't change behaviors. So the mm -hmm. personal biggest developments happen when I see, I get an executive coaching client that I just brought one on that they just went through a major divorce. Mm. So this is fourth divorce. Uh, the person's 30 years old, fourth divorce. Fourth. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, um, and you know, there's some, there's some trends here. So patterns here that emerge and it was carrying over into their business life as well. So when there's enough pain, then people do make the change. So my, my role is to disrupt that, those patterns. And that can be in organizational awareness, uh, social awareness. I, we're really big into that right now as a result of what's happened since COVID back in 2020 and all the other things that have happened in the United States. Wow. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that sounds like coaching and a little bit of therapy, right? Maybe coaching is a little bit of therapy, right? <laughs> it is. I'm trained. I'm a trained therapist and coach, uh, several oh, different wow. modalities. I get certifications every year to keep myself on top and, and uh, the axe sharpened, so to speak. And there is therapy in my background, but I try to keep that away from the results coaching and consulting I do. Um, it, therapy traditionally works with past issues. I do address some of those issues to help, hey, what's the good takeaways from that experience like the divorce? How can you leverage that experience in your business that will make you, if you embrace that challenge, it could help you to thrive and serve at a higher level? Absolutely. And now, you know, stepping into it and i always i call this the secret sauce question right and of course you don't have to give it anything away proprietary but this is where we really want you to add value to the the audience as if they're one of your customers right walk yeah. us through your overall business strategy your coaching methodology well 
Um, it just depends on the point of entry. We have several different new mindset Academy is the training and, and coaching. Uh, Eric Miller consults is the consulting and the cultural adv advisement of, of how to bring in social awareness and, and diversity DEI stuff that's happening. Uh, that's coming to the forefront today. Mm -hmm. So it depends on the point of entry really, but it really does boil down to, um, since 2020, two big factors I'm seeing over and over again, whether it be the, the consulting, advising, training, or coaching. And that's two things. And that's fear, fear of you know uncertainty and early decision-making. Mm. So two things I still see a lot of, we're, we're having a slowdown in our economy right now. I'm talking to quite a few recruiters in that world and they're saying there's a stall in hiring. So that puts individuals who are looking for a job into a spot and also leaders, how do they grow their businesses when they're not hiring? Mm -hmm. So that's where we go in. So what, what are these issues? So the best, the best resolution for uncertainty is not to make false promises as a leader. The best way to do is, is to come up with a game plan for now, figure out, okay, here are our next steps. Here's what to do next and focus on that and not on the stuff you really can't control. Absolutely. Really good. Does that, really answer, good does that answer? Hopefully it does a little bit. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Because there's the macroeconomics and then there's like the economics of your business, right? The unit economics. So that's a really good point. If if the economy as a whole is slowing down, you kind of have to ebb and flow with it, right? We're all kind of experiencing that right now. Um, and now that brings me perfectly to the next question. How have you adapted to these changes over the years? Well, and it's a lot different conversation I had in 2011 with, with clients. So different almost a different world than what we're, we're experiencing today. So we've adapted to the needs. So I try, my my goal is to serve at the highest possible level. So that means me being as sharp as I can. I, I look for industry trends. I, I attended a Harvard Business Review um, event in the spring of this year. Uh, they had some big names. Astro Teller was there. Um, they had the, the lady from Spanx. I can't remember her name right now off the top of my head. She's founded Spanx. Uh, she was on at that uh, event. Um, so they're all talking about what's happening with AI. So it's going to transform our, our world. I know you have something to do with AI software. And that fear I mentioned earlier, fear and decision-making, those two things, there is a quite a bit, a lot of, of fear out there that, that AI will take over the world. And you can certainly have that mindset and be freaked out and be stalled and not do anything with your business. Or here's the alternative, embrace it, learn about it. And leverage it so that's what we're doing as well so what's the latest way in learning it's micro learning we're seeing we have our videos have changed from three minutes in length down to 30 seconds in length to capture and keep people's attention and divert them somewhere else uh, we have micro learning courses that will have one topic for example self-blame is a big one we're seeing right now mm. so too much self-blame can cause problems the other low amount of self-blame cause another sets of problems and self-confidence you know high self-confidence believe it or not, can be bad. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Too much of that because then you're relying on it only as you, right? You're taking mm. on too much responsibility. So there's a there's an ebb and flow to all that. So high self-confidence, but not the extreme level. Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. You know, it's funny when I speak to business coaches and psychologists that are in business and they speak about that, I'm like, hmm, you know, I started to reflect a little bit, but I, I want to understand when you take in take on a client, 
uh, whether it's low self-confidence, high self-confidence, or, or a variety of other factors that are kind of roadblocks to their growth, whether it's business, uh, well, let's say personal or professional, um, what are like the specific tactics and tools that you use to be particularly effective in growing your, well, growing their business through your coaching methodology? Yeah, great. Let's yeah, stick on coaching for a second, because I think that is uh, the big mid-level managers are needing help with that uh, right now with overcoming fear and, and decision-making, early decision-making. Mm-hmm. We survey them. So I have an assessment tool that measures 92 traits on thinking styles, emotional intelligence, uh, their values. So that's another one um, that I like to mention that unless we reevaluate those values on a continual basis, they can be out of date and lead us down the wrong road to what we really want. So if your results is, is based on what your values were prior to COVID, then you're probably not going to be fulfilled or in the ball game very well. So then that goes to your purpose and the purpose and values are a lot aligned. And then that, that those two things result, what's your result or outcome and what are your values then leads to the action specifically that you want to take. So those, that's what we measure them. We help them figure out what roadmap they want to take, what issue, what traits they want to address right away with what's happening in their business. So how do you align those business goals with your personal goals? And what's the immediate win? That 2.5 millimeter shift we can help them make immediately so they get immediate results. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Wow. I have so many questions about like obstacles you faced and how you've overcome them, but I, I want to go like a onion. I want to start at the highest level and then go smaller. Okay. So at the highest level within the coaching industry, what are the challenges of like coach business coaches in general? There are a lot of them out there. There's a lot of coaches out there right now that are, are looking because of what's happened with our economy. So mm-hmm. the biggest challenge I think is, is staying up to date and, and not, um, the coach not fearing the uncertainty that mm. things happen. I mean, it can happen in the, in the industry, the coaching industry, like I mentioned, there's a lot of us out there and how you position yourself is important. What, what is it that you can take from your own personal background and make it your own? Because we, a lot of us use similar methodologies, but what is it that stands out that, that you can own and put out there to serve at a higher level? Absolutely. Yeah. And now let's go a layer further. Now, what are the challenges within working? And you'll see what I'm going to say. External challenge still. I'm going to talk about internal challenge after. External challenge of working with a client. And you've already talked about a few, but like, especially up front, what are like the upfront challenges of coaching? Well, overall, the upfront challenges of coaching me, finding coaching clients or coaching the individuals after. No, you, you have the client, you have a new client. Now, what's the challenge from your standpoint and your expertise? Figuring out what their compelling purpose is. And sometimes that takes a little bit of time because if they've been living in a high state of fear because of the political things in the United States have been happening over the last few years, it alters our personality, the isolation of COVID that we've all experienced. So figuring out that compelling purpose and the why, that can be a bit of a challenge in the beginning. So the tools we use, the surveys that help us uncover the, the traits, give clues. But there's nothing like this. Um, gotcha. You have that interaction, building that that uh, trust and that synergy with a coaching client. That hey, you can trust me with what you're going to say because I'll use that. It's it's a vault, and that information is used to best serve you, the client, and getting what they want. Absolutely, absolutely. So now let's go the deepest layer: internal challenges 
within Eric Miller as a coach? What are your challenges that you go through your own psychology? It is um, how I can impact the most amount of people with what's happening in the world. So I'm at the legacy point in my life where what is the biggest impact? The book I'm writing right now is named Allied We Can't. So I've got most of it done. I'm looking at the final final touches that that will be used and speaking engagements. How can we come together as a nation instead of concentrating on our, all of our differences? Because mm-hmm. you know, that comes into the workforce. So when you're outside and you're doing your recreational stuff and you're in your tribe or your group, so to speak, um, that goes into the workplace. So when you bring that into the, all these different opinions and these different viewpoints that are in a work environment, how do you still, hey, I know you have an opposing viewpoint, but how can we still make this mission work? Absolutely. I like it, man. Look, he can think on his feet because we didn't rehearse that or let you know about that. I just, it, it came to me because the conversation went that way. I love it. It keeps me up at night. It really does because seeing the things that have happened in our nation, in the United States, is really disturbing to me. It's, it seems like a completely different world than it was even three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is it like my little impact I can make and who I reach and how can I make a bigger impact to help these conversations and and diversity and inclusion and equality? How can we bring that into the workforce where it's still, hey, it's us together. And as a company, it's us together at a mission. How do we have that compelling purpose and the mission, the values of the organization, and then transmute, transmit that to mid-level managers and the professionals within? Absolutely. And that actually brings up a really good point too, because when you're trying to make a legacy impact, trying to make an impact that outlives yourself, it takes a tribe, right? I think you actually brought that up. So how do you, like, what partnerships or collaborations have you formed to help you grow your impact? There's quite a few in the in the um, social impact and political. I'm not going to mention them because I don't want to create, you know, not knowing me, uh, have a political viewpoint. But I do align with the the political type of parties I believe in and the social justice uh, organizations that are making the biggest impact right now. Mm-hmm. There's alliances. I have a home here in Arizona and one in Michigan and both those locations in inner city Detroit. I have alliances with how can we make the biggest impact in inner cities? to getting people back to work and helping Detroit recover. It's made a lot of progress. I was there a few weeks ago, Don, we went to a Tigers game and we drove seven mile back. Uh, I don't know if you know the area, but seven miles is really rough. Mm. Uh, that, uh, Eminem wrote a song about- I know it. eight mile. <laughs> it's one block over and it's the oh. same. <laughs> really? It is a rough area. So you see that and it's so intriguing to me, the study on, on how we get there. And- a lot of it is because we don't have the DEI that's in place and mm. the infrastructure to help people. The alternative of not having a job or a career opportunity is crime. You know, that's what it's going to result to because you got to still put food on the table for your family. Yeah. Wow. So the yeah. impacts yeah. I want to make socially are that the the things in business. So technology, uh, partnering with technology companies to to help me grow, help our products who are cutting edge and what we offer out there. I want to be ahead of the curve, you know, looking for, uh, and we had a conversation, possibly you helping us with the software in developing a tool that helps us better serve a client in between coaching and consulting sessions. Absolutely. Yeah. And I appreciate you helping me further my impact of pushing the human race forward, right? Because digital transformation, I feel like it's evolution. We're all kind of evolving to do higher impact activity by leveraging the technology that is readily available for us.
the age of acceleration, a author by the name of Thomas Friedman wrote a book, age of acceleration is the terminology he came up with. that talks about the name of the book is thank you for being late, which is a weird title for what it is, but he talks about the impact of AI in our world and what's happening. And we don't have these opportunities for third world nations. We have this huge um, emergence of people into our country that we don't know what to do with. Mm. So we impact the world and, Technology is the way it's going to happen. If you can get, you can get the internet to South Africa or these other countries where they have access and they, it opens up a new opportunity to be able to earn a living where they're at. Yeah. And, and you know what? I really, actually, I really want your stance on this because I respect your stance on DEI and inclusion. Let's talk about AI's impact with that, right? So, you know, I had a guest a little while back um, who had he has a very strong ethical stance on AI. He says he thinks it's good, but it's terrifying because when it gets in the hands of corporations and enterprises, it's not all going to be idealistic. You know, I see things from a small business perspective. I see the impact it's having that it's making more dreams come true, and it's making you know, the, well, basically that, right? It's it's allow it's empowering the individual, and that's what I'm all about. But what are your thoughts like at the corporate level, the enterprise level, the institutional level? How do you see AI impacting the the, the masses, I guess you could say? And it's going back to those those points I made earlier, those three things. What's your result? What's your purpose and your outcome? So if an organization, the result they're looking for is to impact on a bigger level, that AI is a partnership they should embrace. The fear of, you know, we've had that throughout history. You know, the light bulb. Thomas Edison, that scared a lot of people when we had candlelight or gaslight in the houses, you know, back in the day, way, way, way back in the day. But so anytime a huge shift in technology happens, there's that fear of uncertainty. How is that going to be used? And you had these conspiracy theorists that then also get involved in informing that too. But I, I go back to, you know, where what's the intent? You know, is the intent of a corporation to, um, is it to get new business, to have more customers? Or is it to control their lives in a way that's that's going to be hurting them? And I tend to stay away from that thinking because I think it's not true for the most part. Absolutely. I respect that stance a lot. I think we can all kind of learn about that and, and do our part to make sure it's used for good, right? But, you know, the, we're, we're wrapping up here. And I, I really want to ask you two more questions. But uh, one, you know, what advice would you give to a small business owner that's looking to succeed in the industry? I guess it sounds weird because like, you know, if they're successful, technically they wouldn't need a business coach, but I guess, what would you, what would you say to help them become successful? Look at your values. Are they up to date? Cause starting at that very uh, point, what's most important, you know, what, so the, what, why, and then the how, so what do I want? Why do I want it? What am I willing to do to get it? Those three things are all go together. So what's your most current value? So sitting down with a piece of paper and, writing down the things that are important in your personal life and your business life. And how do you tie those together? Because if you can find something that is already working in your business that ties in with your personal life success, then it's the hours being put don't seem to be as many. And I am literally excited to wake up every morning and going right now. I'm on a sprint. I'm working some pretty long days, but I take a break and recharge and that sort of thing as well. But it, I'm excited to get up and that's going back to why my, my values. So when you, Ethan, I know, you know, your values and what those things are important to you, you it gives clarity on, on what it is to do next. And that's what a small business owner really needs because of, you know, how do we, we set a goal, but sometimes you have to 
reset the goal because the the needle moves. Who moved the cheese is an old book way back too. that things happen, technology changes. So how do you adapt? And that goes back to the uncertainty and decision-making again, the fear of making a decision that's the wrong one, but not doing anything is the wrong decision as well. You know, some of the biggest brands started during recessions, FedEx, Microsoft, Apple. I know you've heard those names. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All Big those Apple organizations fan. are the biggest and started in recessions like we're going through. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. Yeah. And that that's a great way to to kind of, you know, segue into our last question, which is like, how can people get in touch with you? Why should people get in touch with you? Like, say I'm a business owner, which I am. Right. But like, what should I be going through before I reach out to you? Like, what's your ideal customer? Super simple. EricMiller.us is where to go to find me. If your organization is looking for uh, ways in which to retain the people you've got. And leaders often come to me saying, fix my team. And it usually always has to do with fix them. And no one's broken. So using that word fix is something that I hesitate in using. But it goes back to, um, you know, what what is it that you want to accomplish? And ericmiller.us, there's a lot of different, we'll learn about me and, and, and which way in which I could serve someone else to help them get what they want. So coaching, consulting, or advising, we're in the space of social awareness and those those ways, mid-level managers is who we really want to work with a lot. I know that's kind of maybe outside your area somewhat, but I find that someone who's been a mid-level manager who wants to be an entrepreneur, there's a learning curve there. So we've worked a lot with those folks too. Absolutely. So different Thank mindset you. from being a mid-level manager to an owner. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a mental shift as well as a professional shift, right? I, and I, I guess the mental shift, the personal shift comes before the professional shift, right? So that they can be in a place where they're receptive to to that growth, would you say? Right, and that comes back to the pain. What is it about their life that it's it's making them want to change? Change, lasting change, will not happen unless two things are happening: a lot of pain or a lot of love. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> those two things are huge motivators. Love it. Well, great words today, Eric. Thank you so much. This has been an amazing episode. Thank you for being a great guest. Appreciate it. Thank you.